Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hey car fans welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive happy hour i am brett hatfield here with our engineer and co-host mr mark groves Yo. and the evil genius that is behind craving cars on youtube mr Corey pratt hey that's me we are coming to you from driven radio studios in the soon to be mired in the snowpocalypse overland park kansas <laughs> You know, eh, I, I, have, I have heard we're supposed <laughs> to get know. everything from three to fifteen inches, depending upon who you're listening to. Wow, there's, 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 there's a so joke much there. There's, yeah. a, there's a good one there. We don't <laughs> have like moonwalking away as fast <laughs> as I can. The both of you knock it off. We don't have that kind of time here. <laughs> you can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. Platform, and be sure to tell your gearhead friends if there's something you'd like to hear more of or if you have an interesting story by all means tell us send your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com gentlemen's yes god, god it was nice out yesterday it was, yeah, it was. 65 it really stinking degrees out yesterday it, really the weekend wasn't that bad for the either. last day in january yeah unbelievable and the weekend wasn't bad but nothing no. like yesterday so did you do anything uh got the car out saturday since it did hit 50 degrees yes so that was nice uh, i drove around i decided to have a, a one-man cruise and went some back roads had a little bit of fun met up with some guys and bet on barrett jackson auctions <laughs> <laughs> and so i won fun. one Woo! did you and he, he just won throw some in the pool yeah, well, it paid for my drink. Very cool. So. <laughs> um, it, by the way, I uh, can't remember if we've talked about this or not. If you want to, it's a little late today, but if you want to tuck that thing away while the weather goes to crap, I got a spot in a warehouse. So there's that. Nice. Uh, how about you, mister? Did you get your bike out go farting around any? No, uh, it's been worky, worky, worky all week. Uh, Saturday, I did go down to Branson for the one last time. Uh, went oh, to my mom's right. house. It was, uh, it's well, while it's still my mom's house, it's already under contract. Uh, come the 24th of this month, it becomes someone else's house. But I picked up that, uh, <laughs> that hot rock and flamethrowing 95 Ford Taurus. Uh, of hers and brought it up. We're uh, we're in the pimp mobile. We're in the last legs of trying to figure out how to get that uh, title signed over to us. But once we do that, I've had four people already approach on uh, Facebook. One gal uh, sent me a message saying, "I've got the money." Did you say you trade it for a '68 Plymouth? Holy crap! I didn't even think about saying trade. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get the money and then split it between my sister and I. No, no. But, you, yeah. it, sorry, you but the Plymouth you, said no. You none tr- for you. You trade it for one of those aircraft carrier size cars, and then you tell your sister you can drive it anytime. Now you I want. will not kid you. I've got my eye on three different ones. A couple of there's a Chrysler Newport. There's a Chrysler uh, um, uh, New Yorker, and then a uh, big, big ass Plymouth. I think it's the Plymouth VIP. A 1968 Plymouth? No, it's a it's a Fury Three, and it is just oh, an, get the Fury Three. It's an ugly monster. And yes, I, I'm kind of digging on it. So yeah, how, they're how hideous. They're right Yorker? up your alley. 
Uh, is it a pretty big site? Uh, the New Yorker is that a really big car? Well, Sweet it's Mother's God is New York. Yeah, it's a '67 New Yorker. So it's not entirely properly named because likely hell you'd actually be able to drive that car in New York. <laughs> I'll be driving in New Hampshire. It'd be in a, uh, you could drive it in a parade. <laughs> and uh, most of them are local, and they're within the price range after the 24th of this month. So we'll see. Dude. We'll see. High five. Up high. Good oh, for oh, you. Flap. We'll do a mental Tough to high do five across the table there. Okay. Well, uh, I found I, I found a part for the '65 Corvette that I've been looking for for freaking months, and I'm just Fuzzy ecstatic dice. about. It. Yeah, that's it. Because stuff isn't coming in from China. Mm-mm. And I rode the Harleys just enough to get them down to the <laughs> warehouse where they're now parked on the stage in the <laughs> hangout. I see that. So I there's that. that. Uh, we picked up the Schadenfreude Express from the shop. Oh. It's had almost all the mechanicals addressed. <gasps> Oh, really? Yes. Now, it, how does it run? How is it like sweet? Is it the? It is smooth. It's a smooth, yeah. It is quiet, and then you stick your foot in it, and you realize why the Germans are so scary. How many cylinders? Twelve. Jesus, just, I'm just shy of four hundred horse in that. A sea to shining sea <laughs> memorial. <laughs> 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 You didn't hear that, Dad. What? (laughs) So I got to do a little bit of stuff. Uh, The Corvette, the 65, is going to the shop next week, and I'm going to address every stinking little thing on the whole darn car. Cool. And, uh, yeah, for being January, got some stuff done. I'm happy with it. Nice. In the news this week, uh, Barrett Jackson said, unbelievable records over the last week during scottsdale car week uh there's going to be a 70th anniversary special edition corvette what a surprise and you can still lay your hands on a cadillac blackwing engine through the gm parts website Wow. Or J.C. Whitney. Oh, I, I want to put that into so many things that would be absolutely irresponsible. <laughs> and wonderful. Yes. Got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. From Barrett Jackson, their Scottsdale auction has ignited collector car market with the most successful event in the company's 50-year history. These guys made nice. a buck or two. They, uh, yeah, a couple three. 203.2 million in total sales. For this awesome. freaking auction. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now, if you're tired of hearing how hot the collector car market is, you might want to crank it Yeah, this is when you need to, go get a, need to go get yourself an adult beverage. They went to the Westworld uh, event facility for their 50th annual Scottsdale sale, and in so doing, they set that record for the January event. Nine days, over $203 million for vehicles and automobilia combined. Uh, in excess of $8.8 million was raised for charity through the sale of 10 vehicles. And the top seller for the week-long auction was the yet-to-be-built first production 2023 C8 Corvette Z06 VIN 001. If God and weather doesn't decide to strike it down again, man, I got to tell you, the C8 Corvettes have had so much bad luck when it came to production. You know, and that's like when you see one out driving, I'm like, you made it, you did, you you ran the gauntlet. You're a good little Corvette. Three point six million dollars for that charity Corvette. Unreal. That's pretty cool. And it's not even been built yet. Well, yeah. And I'm I'm so happy and for that. that. And that went for more. Uh, the other one, uh, the very first zero zero one Vint of the C eight did the same kind of charity. Yeah, I think it, was, it did almost it was three, 3, million. Million was it 3 million. Was it three point three with a Vig? Or 
Thereabouts. But not as much as the Z06. So that's the highest I've ever seen one of those you know charity what? cars go. Hat tip to the super rich. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Bidding <laughs> was brisk. Uh, white hot collector car market continues its meteoric ascent. Can you hold off on that crap until after the 24th? Yeah, SOB, so I can go get my late barge. Damn it. I, I don't think it's had the effect on. Uh, on, on my type of cars as much. On, on barge tastic <laughs> Mopars. I don't know. Even fat cars need love. Uh, with average vehicle sales eclipsing the $105,000 mark. Average vehicles, 105. Mark's cars that he wants is eclipsing the sun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it casts a shadow across continents, and I'm damn proud of it. Uh, and all lots were being sold at no reserve. Uh, Ten non-charity vehicles sold for north of $1 million. Another new record for Barrett-Jackson. And all 140 collector car world, car, world records were set during this event. Now, according to the CEO, uh, uh, Craig Jackson, a uh, quote from him, our Scottsdale auction set an unprecedented pace with record-setting prices. Yeah. You are not kidding. Absolutely did. Now, the top 10 charity vehicles that sold during the 2022 Barrett-Jackson Scottsdale auction, not, I'm going to go from bottom, I'm sorry, non-charity vehicles, uh, going from the least to the most. Uh, coming in at 1210, $1,210,000 was a 1967 Shelby Cobra 427 CSX. 3356. Up next, 2014 Mercedes-Benz G63 AMG 6x6. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the G-Wagon's the the one that looks like a giant shoebox. And this oh, is yeah. this is a giant shoebox with an extra axle and this is what you're going to see rolling through uh, some of the European countries here before too long. Yeah, it's probably with Putin some, in it. Some Russian it's, oligarch. It's quite the, yeah. it's quite the truck. It really <laughs> That's is. a god. Check yeah. it out. That was a million two hundred ten thousand dollars. Also, a twenty twenty four GT Carbon Series one million three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. The two thousand seventeen Ford GT sixty six Heritage Edition one million four hundred thirty. Oh my god. 2019 McLaren Senna, one million five hundred twelve and change. Bargain. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, bargain basement prices. Uh, 2019 Ford GT Heritage for six one thousand uh, one million six hundred fifty thousand. Just a million, a million, a million, a million. Yeah, 2014 McLaren P1 seven uh, one million seven hundred and change. 2015 Porsche 918 Spider, one million eight. 115,000 and change. 1955 mm. Mercedes Benz 300 SL Gullwing. This which, cool. by the way, have you seen? This there's cool. some new movie coming out uh, with the kid who is in Kingsman and uh, not Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I think yeah, it, but I know who you're talking about. There's, you see one of these Gullwings being shoved out of the back of an airplane? Nuh-uh. It's called CG, but it's still, I'm like, I know what that is because yeah. of Brett. Uh, <laughs> that was $1,870,000. That's, that's awesome how much that went for. And then the top one. 2004 yes. Porsche Carrera GT, almost how much, Corey? You were almost, betting on almost two million. Almost two million. Two you were only over by twenty grand. That's that's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Close. That's not bad for two million. One million grand ain't much, is it? At, yeah. at another sale down in Arizona. Uh, first of all, the 55 Mercedes 300 SL Gullwing. They made two different variants of that. They made a steel body one, then they made an alloy, an aluminum bodied one. And the alloy ones typically sell for twice what the steel ones do. I think it was RM had one that sold for 6.8. Softbeast? Jesus. A little bit. Boy, you know what the really sad thing boy. is? Is if you and Corey and I all, <laughs> all pooled our money, we couldn't afford any of this shit. <laughs> None of it. I, 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 made the, I made the joke when that Kobe, that Kobe, 
That Cobra uh, 427 was up. I said, hey, guys, if we all put our money together, we might be able to get one of those spinners off the wheels. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I, Vern could probably get you a hookup on that deal. <laughs> <laughs> From Car and Driver, the Chevy Corvette celebrates 70 years with, the an, with an anniversary package. You know, this is no surprise. Every time they have a big milestone, you know, 50, 60, 70, they come out with some kind of special package. Oh, yeah. And I'm all about it. I want one. <laughs> the pretty. 2023 model year is important for the Chevrolet Corvette. Not only does this model year mark the arrival of the new Corvette Z06, propelled by a flat plane crank 5.5 liter V8, pushing 670 horsepower. Nice. I just want to hear one. Uh, but well, it is also the legendary sports car's 70th birthday as the original C1 Corvette was launched for the 1953 model year, meaning it came out in 52. Uh, to commemorate the occasion, Chevy is releasing a 70th anniversary edition package for the 2023 Corvettes, including the new Z06. That's but so cool. At, at 1953 prices. That's the amazing part of the whole story. That is awesome. You can nope. get that out of I the cushions that. in your couch. You'd be fine. I hope it's not Barrett Jackson's uh, 1950s yes, prices. Three point whatever. <laughs> the 70th anniversary package brings a choice of two unique exterior colors, white pearl metallic tricoat mm-hmm. and carbon flash metallic. Buyers can option racing stripes and satin gray or with the white paint job or satin black and the carbon flash look. The package also includes uh, special wheels with different designs for Stingrays and Z06s, which have a dark finish and a red stripe around the perimeter. This is where it starts getting cool. The paint jobs I thought were okay, but I really dig the interior. The cockpit is fitted with two-tone ceramic leather GT2 or competition sports seats and red seat belts with red stitching throughout. Love the red stitching. That's going to look cool. Stupid question on this side of the table. Mm. What the hell is ceramic leather? Well, Uh, ceramic's a color. It's a real light gray. Oh, it's the color. Okay. I'm like, how do you, isn't that crunchy? (laughs) I mean, when you sit down, do you break it? I, honest to God, I had no idea that that they impregnated leather with. But let's move on now. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks, it's Mark. It's a color. I don't... Uh, let's see. The sky cool gray is the real light gray. I think it's a dark gray. I, okay. If memory serves, it's a dark gray with nice. red stitching, with and the, the brake calipers are painted red, and the Aww. engine covers on the Stingrays are painted red, and there's new 70th anniversary uh, edition Corvette badges inside badges. and out, <laughs> and a custom luggage set with red stitching, and the new logo also comes with the car. The 70th anniversary edition package will be available later this year, and when production begins on 2023 Corvettes, uh, although there's no word yet on price, of course there isn't. No, uh, no. Yeah, they're waiting to see how high inflation goes. It's 70, 80, 90 thousand uh, dollars. All 2023 Corvettes will have a commemorative interior plaque on the center speaker, cool, and a graphic on the lower rear window noting the anniversary. So it's, it's I like, like special plaque. edition Corvettes. I think they're cool. <laughs> and this is the first time, to my knowledge, that they've ever offered luggage with it, which is usually a Ferrari thing. Oh, really? So, yeah, you can kind of yeah. tell who they're taking aim at. You know, you take this new Mercedes Z06. Mercedes a couple of them. Yeah, I think Mercedes did. Lamborghini may have. I can't say for certain, but I know for a fact it's a Ferrari yes, thing. for sure. Particularly on the Testarossas. Now... Five and a half liter 
flat plane crank. The exhaust note sounds a hell of a lot like Ferrari's 670 horse, oh. most powerfully natural, natu- most powerful naturally aspirated V8 made right now. And even Ever. if the damn car is $150,000, that undercuts the cheapest Ferrari by a hundred grand minimum Yeah, around that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's like Chevy decided to go pick on Enzo. You think? <laughs> and don't, don't forget about the luggage. And, <laughs> and don't forget that Ford has done this years before. And they didn't do luggage. I Listen, there are a number of vintage Ferraris I would really love to own. Uh, I'll never be able to afford any of them, but I think a lot of the older Ferraris are just sexy. That said, if you ever read any of the stuff about Enzo Ferrari, he was prickly to say the the least i think it's he's about a, the he's nicest he's a whip cracker yeah. yeah emphasis on the first syllable yeah, yeah. he wasn't the friendliest to his no to his he, he, he was not he was uh he, he was a complicated human being yeah so that said if you take my favorite car and it looks like they're taking aim at ferrari and i'll just leave it at this it makes me happy it gives me a warm fuzzy <laughs> Plus, I could have my matching clutch. Well, just like I told you, that remember <laughs> last year, it was my most anticipated car of the year of, of I want to know more info. Yes, Tell yes. me. Now it's my most anticipated car that I want to freaking see in person. And yeah. Ride and, and drive, yes. maybe. Yeah, yes. I, all of the above. Uh, now, going back to those colors real, real quick. Yes. Now, I'm not the biggest white car fan. No, but, but some, sometimes those pearl, white pearl you know, tricot well, it's, colors it's white do and it look has, very pretty. Uh, two gray stripes up over the, you know, SS And being a stripe. vet like that, uh, one, yeah. usually there's those few cars that I don't care if it's white or not, they still think it looks dang good, and that's yeah. going to be one of them, I'm sure. Now, that carbon flash metallic, what is Is that like a darker grayish kind of color? What yeah, is that? It's, it's, it's almost, it, it's bordering on being black, but just... I only saw two pictures of it. They both looked really cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Now, my next good question on, on, on the interior with that red mm-hmm. stitching. I love red stitching. <laughs> is the luggage going to have red stitching too? It said it does. Oh, I want to see it. <laughs> and, and red seatbelts. I know it sounds stupid, oh but I want to see it. Yeah. That is going to be so fun. Yeah. yeah it's, it, 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 I feel completely juvenile liking this as much as I do. There's yeah. two reasons that I want a Porsche 911 GT3. One, because you get whatever your color, uh, like offset color, where you can get the same color like uh, seat belts to the stitching, yeah. just like you can there. Um, well, that, and then it goes like hell. But yeah. still, <laughs> I, it's I, got the, the I interior, man. For either one you see the interior the whole time you're in the car, you might as well be something you really love to see. Absolutely. Oh, good point. Good point. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's, I almost think it's just as important as the outside looks of the car. Almost. Depends on what it is. You know, I uh, as a side note from the guy who, you know, roams the slums, even uh, some of the vehicles I look at, there are some big ones that I'm like, nope, can't do. Uh, actually, some of the, the older Plymouths or uh, later model Plymouths for my taste, because the dashboards, you just look at them, you're like, meh. Yeah. And that's the whole thing when you're when you're stuck in that car for that long. I love the bubble, the bubble top speedometers and all that uh, that go in these things. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. If you're going to sit in there and be surrounded by it, 
it's nice to enjoy it. And, you know, I, I know I bring this up way too damn much, and everybody's probably tired of hearing about it, but it was one of the things I love the most about the 65 Corvette you got in it, and you got a giant speedometer and a giant tack right in front of you, but even the ancillary gauges, everything is very clear and legible and easy. I, I just, nice. I love that. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, the interior, it needs to be someplace you're comfortable spending time because that's what you're going to see the majority of the time. You don't see the exterior of the car unless you're outside of it. Sure, you see the hood and the front fenders and all that stuff, and you see the back when you look out the rear, you know, look in the mirror. But if you don't like the inside of the car, it doesn't man, make that it makes as, it tough to want to spend time it, in. It does, yeah. it does. Yeah, especially on the longer the journey, the more you're going, ugh. Yeah, yeah. God, just let me out of this thing. You know, I, 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 honey, you got to go to the bathroom. We got, we got to stop at a bathroom break up here um, um, somewhere. We get to the gas station. I've made fun of my mom's really car that outside. way because that that ninety five Ford, that thing, it's gray, and yeah. there's more gray, and there's more gray. It couldn't be more gray. <laughs> oh, it's it is. like the fog of death that <laughs> kind of cups your ass. It is. It's <laughs> just so awful. Sorry to knock your mom's car, but it is so magoo. Oh, it. <laughs> It's horrific. If it wasn't for all the, all the freaking, you know, I love Jesus and the USA bumper stickers on the back of it, <laughs> I just think it was dog ugly. But, oh, uh, that makes it kind of precious. But anyway, okay. Absolutely. All right. Your story. All right. Uh, from Muscle Cars and Trucks, uh, the Cadillac Blackwing engine is still available through GM Parts website. Nice. This is probably the one story all week long, and I read a bunch of stuff this week. This is the one that put me most in the mood for kind of like study hall in high school, imagining what you would put this in and how fast it would go. So that you build a go kart around yes, it. Yes, <laughs> and so that would be something I used to do. Like it's like okay, if I took this car or or if I were to build the car, uh, what engine would I use and what car would I put it in? And also, this is exactly that same thing where yeah. you're like, okay, I've got the engine. Now what am I going to put it in? Corey's going to pull the back seats out of a VW Golf and turn it into a mid-engine beast. A Blackwing beast. <laughs> With a Turbo V8. The Cadillac Blackwing Turbo V8 is available through the GM Parts website for a mere sum. This is what makes it really nice. No. It's just about $25,000 and some change. Mm-hmm. Now here's so the, thing. the price of a golf. The the only <laughs> the only cars they ever put these in the full the full power version was the CT six V. Yes, and it's all wheel drive, and uh, I forget what the output is on these. It was outlandish. It's like a million. Yeah, they're extremely fast, and they only made them for nineteen and twenty, and they didn't make that many of them, and they sold out. No, they sold out pretty if quick. If you too. try to go find them now, with Ten or fifteen, twenty thousand miles on. Yeah, they still want eighty-five grand for them. You can't touch them. Uh, that's partially when you make a car that good, though, and then you don't make very many of them. It really makes <laughs> it hard for someone is, like us to get one. That is stereotypical GM. Every time they get something right, they quit freaking making it. <laughs> Why they, they do finally that? got they finally got the Fiero <laughs> GT right in '88 and changed out all the front suspension and made it a decent handling little mid-engine sports car. And said, You're and out. they quit making the sucker. And they finally got the Impala SS right in 1996, where the shifter was down on the console and the gauges were analog and everything was just right. And they quit making the sucker. And they finally got this thing right. And they quit making the sucker. God, it's maddening. GM, <laughs> damn it. General madness. I guess uh, the one thing we have to look forward to, at least on the GM side, is hey, at least we still got the vet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll give it that. You know, somebody will, will wind up sticking one of these in a Corvette eventually. 
Uh, I think that'd be a grand idea. Okay, okay. Tell <laughs> the us the Black Queen Corvette. Okay, so tell, tell us how we get our hands on this. Most what you 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 would think out of GM though, it's probably one of the most sophisticated engines that they've ever fitted to a Cadillac. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, and maybe it's not shocking, but the deal is the twin turbocharged four point two liter Blackwood uh, Blackwing V eight, or or otherwise known as the LTA mm-hmm. uh, design, produced for just that one particular car we were yeah. just talking about the C, the the, the CT six V. And then they sold those out. They dropped it. Uh, they 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 ended up putting a Blackwing V8 in another one. Uh, the the C, the CT6 Platinum, but it was a it was a detuned yeah, uh, version of it. Really wasn't the wasn't full full as full board. good. But no matter um, how few examples of, of of a particular model are built, you can bet that the American OEMs are going to to build a few extra motors uh-huh. to have on hand for replacements. The engine is still listed among the Mirad GM genuine parts. On the Cadillac Parts website, you can indeed buy brand new Cadillac Blackwing V8, $21,666.67 as an MSRP, plus a $3,500 core charge. Unfortunately, to do it, you'll have to go through your local Cadillac dealer, and chances are strong... But you might have. Yeah, they, which, they may which means you're going to have to throw them so another five hundred dollars to you, let you. You think have they're going to do that thing. to help control the that just everybody in the world that don't try the, to buy one? So then the people who need them can't get them. But this is kind of like when they uh, when they if did they the the fourth generation Corvette run of ZR ones that ran from 1990 to 1995. Yeah, yeah. And then they had the engine available through GM Parts, and a bunch of guys bought those those LT fives and put them in hot rods and all kinds of stuff. And then parts started getting scarce, and I'd, I'd heard rumors about now you have to have a ZR1 VIN in order to be able to uh, order any more of that so stuff. I see what you're saying. So, I, you know, you might grab one of these while you can. Yeah, so they may not be doing it right this moment, but maybe if they start to get a little slim numbered or yeah, parts well, are a little more scarce. The thing that kills me is the $3,500 core. <laughs> you, you have to turn them your old motor or it's going to cost you an extra thirty five hundred bucks. But so, so in other words, it's going to cost everybody an extra thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stinking engine is still available, and it God knows what it'll turn up in. I can't wait to find out. That's awesome. It makes me excited, and it makes me want to go do really irresponsible. A stuff rich rebuild. Like hey, rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, get one of these. Yeah, I want to yeah. see it in a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, w- I would rather put one of these. I know people that's that's put the LS swap out of a, a Porsche Cayman. I'd rather put one of these in it. That would be fun. Oh, it would God. also probably be the squirreliest thing ever. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you just touch the gas just and make it on. Wide that's body. all you do. Put some Viper wide. Oh, I just—I'm oh. I'm loving the idea. This is this is going to require beer and discussion. <laughs> this is my happy Possibly. place. Possibly. That's right, by God. Our special guest this week is John Perley Huffman. John will be here to tell us about how he got his start in auto journalism, the difference between writing and racing, and the and selling incredibly, <laughs> incredibly expensive Hot Wheels online. He's been selling Hot Wheels for money that. You know, a lot more than I paid for several cars. And he's got the motorcycles on the Hot Wheels. Yeah, he, he's figured it out. John, it's too cool, and he's a lot of fun, and he'll be here in just a moment. Coming up next on Driven Radio Show.
Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful... Oh, screw that, man. We're going to be in the middle of a blizzard tomorrow. It's going to be awful. Everybody got their snowmobiles fired up. But yesterday, though, yesterday, though. But at least we yesterday have Yesterday was gorgeous. It, it was, was awesome. It was 65 freaking degrees. I got up this morning, it was 51 degrees. Right now, it's Arctic. Yeah. yeah. And, and at le- But at least there was some rain to put some ice below the snow when it oh, comes well, in. So, yeah. you know, we've got that going for us. And by tomorrow, little kids are going to... Got down to 67 here, so tough luck. Oh, my God. You yeah. shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, that's our guest. Hang on, he has to talk. <laughs> what do you pay for taxes here, California? <laughs> well, the good thing is is that we have Proposition 13, which means is that if you uh, your your uh, property taxes are based on 1% of the value of the home when you bought it. Oh. So I bought my house in ni- I bought my house in 1997 for $260,000. Oh dude. <laughs> so my property taxes are 3,000 between 3 and 4,000 dollars a year. I know what you're praying and, for at dinner every night. <laughs> Proposition. Yeah. Well, it's very good because the house cuz the house is now worth 1.7 million. Oh my god. Well, yeah. g- good on you for buying it when you did. Good job. Yeah, of course, if I if, if I sell it, I have to move. So. Oh, you're so screwed. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and now we got to introduce you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our special guest this week is John Pearlie Huffman, writer at Road and Track. John was mm-hmm. born in San Francisco and is a lifelong resident of California, and he doesn't pay much in ho- in homeowners taxes. <laughs> Not yet. After grad school, he was working at Kinkos and realized he needed to find a more fulfilling job. He found a unique way to get his foot in the door. And he's also worked for Carcraft, Motortran, Hot Rod, Corvette, Fever, Half the Free World, and the New York Times. He is also a seller of extraordinarily expensive Hot Wheels online. Sean, (laughs) welcome to Driven Radio. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, I want to get into that immediately. Um, Hot Wheels? Yeah. You and I were talking, (laughs) and you said something about, hey, check out my auction on on, uh, eBay. He mm-hmm. sold a Hot Wheels car for more than I've paid for some nice used cars. No yeah, I sold kidding. A, I sold a single Hot Wheels car, 1967 Custom Camaro, for $6,766.66. Is that that one that had, like, no color on it or some kind of funky color? It was a super kind of one-of-a-kind? What it is, what it is, is that it was, it's called an over-chrome car. I had two of them. The other one I sold for $2,000. And uh, I, it was an overchrome car, which these were cars that were prepared in Hong Kong for use in advertising photography. And they were, there's only about, I think there's only like 15 that are known to exist in the world. And for some reason, after they were done with the, done with the photography, they all ended up with my fifth grade teacher. And my fifth grade <laughs> teacher gave me two of them. Oh, my Santa God. Barbara. And if that guy's and, still alive, he is kicking himself now. <laughs> no, all, basically all the other overchrome cars came out of his estate. Oh, wow. And I, so I was, and you know, I'm sure he gave them away to other kids throughout the years, but I'm probably the only one who saved them. That's incredible. That really yeah. is a six. It's, you said sixty seven hundred dollars, sixty five hundred. Sixty seven hundred dollars and sixty six. Sixty seven hundred sixty six dollars and sixty six cents is what it was bid to on eBay. My you know, God. When I had By Stephen King's Bachman there. book, Rage, yes. uh, that came out, and Stephen King was like, "Ah, oh, burn those terrible." No, uh, I sold that for five hundred dollars on eBay, and I was proud until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I still have well, my copy is, upstairs. Thing is, I, 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 collect, I started collecting Hot Wheels when I was, you know, I was. Uh, I was six when Hot Wheels came out, so you know all the marketing was aimed straight at me. If you want to know why I'm doing what I do now, it's because Hot Wheels had all this advertising that was just aimed at me. Mattel oh, ruined yeah. me. <laughs> and 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 uh, and what happened was is that uh, what happened was I, unlike other kids who had friends who would play with things, I was a loner and I just stored them. I just kept them all. 
and uh, he's a and child so hoarder. I, yeah. I, and that's I've not to selling, say that I've, he hoards children, but <laughs> but, I, but I've sold I've sold uh, I've sold just about thirteen thousand dollars in total Hot Wheels, about sixty cars for thirteen thousand dollars. God, that's what? fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, well, and and the really sad thing is I bought one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't spend that much money, but I bought one of them. Someone went for three dollars. Someone went for three bucks. Uh, But the and but I had one that went for two thousand, and one went for sixty seven hundred, and one went for five ninety five, and one couple went for two hundred. All with forty dollars shipping. <laughs> if everybody wants, they can go look me up on eBay right now. I'm Digi Daisy, and I have some cars up there that ready oh, well for you. Forty bucks, you could ship a Hot Wheels to the moon. Yeah. Digi Daisy. Yeah. Did you yeah. say Digi Daisy, John? Was that Digi Daisy? It's been. It's, it's been. It's it might. Yeah, my it was eBay Digi Daisy. We've had it for forty. You know, we've had it for like thirty years. It's just sitting there. It was dormant. I used it. So nice. It's C I G I D A I S Y. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Hey, he spelled it right. Uh, so that kind of covers how you got into this. Was it just Hot Wheels? You didn't have anybody? There were no other gearheads in your family or anything? No, no gearheads in my family. My father, my father was an attorney. My mother was a nursery school teacher. Wow, and uh, they paid gearheads. And uh, nobody was a gearhead. In fact, they were kind of anti-gearheads. My uh, my dad was uh, active in Democratic Party politics in the 1960s, and my uh, mom was too. And they were. Uh, Santa Barbara was, uh, you know, you may not uh, where I where I grew up is is that um, this was the this is where Earth Day was invented in 1970. Wow! Because we had the uh, 1969, they had an oil spill off the coast here, and that's Earth Day was actually started in response to the oil spill off the Union Oil platform in the Santa Barbara Channel. Oh wow! Here's a piece and, of uh, completely worthless so was, trivia I happen to know about Earth Day, the yeah. the commercial with the Indian who ha- has the stoic face and the single tear running down his cheek because he's seen pollution yeah. uh, it, on the ground. That debuted on, on Earth Day in 1971. So a year after Earth Day started is when that commercial came out. Yeah, and he was Italian, I believe. Yeah, yeah he was. It was it was an Italian guy, and he started wearing Indian garb all the time and then later claimed yeah. he was American Indian. And Well, you know what? He self-identified, and that's all right. I'm sorry. American Indian is no longer correct nomenclature. I just gave away my... Yeah. Uh, uh, indigenous, indigenous. He, he, he was a he was a Native American, but he wasn't. He was an he was Italian American. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, but you know, it, it was it's 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 an interesting time to grow up, and it's an interesting time to figure out you know. And what happened was from there, and I don't consider myself a car guy. I consider myself a car magazine guy. Oh. Because what I what I discovered first and foremost was car magazines, and you know, I would sit in I'd sit in the grocery store when my mom was uh, was shopping. And I just read all the car magazines, and that's how I got started. That's I never wanted. I, never, I, I don't want to turn a wrench. I don't want to restore anything. I don't really care about owning anything. I just wanted to write for car magazines, and I have. Nice. So yeah. we touched on this briefly already. Explain, please, again uh, how you managed to. Yeah, this is amazing. Get into the car business because I love this story. This is just the best. Well, what happened was is that uh, I was working for the Kinko's main office. I was doing marketing for Kinko's uh, when Kinko's was a thing. And I realized that if I didn't do something, I was going to end up in the quick copy industry for the rest of my life. And that was a scary idea. So I thought, what do I like? I like car magazines. So I sat down and I, what I learned at Kinko's was desktop publishing, which is like a lost art these days. And uh, so what I did was I just took an issue of Car and Driver and I prepared my own 28-page parody of Car and Driver. I, I wrote the ads, I wrote the editorials, I wrote the comparison tests, I wrote a, a feature story, 
and uh, I put it all together. I put blowing cards like they had in the things, and I and I published it at Kinkos, and I sent it to every car magazine in the country. And what was the name of this? Car and Pearly. And uh, <laughs> and and, uh, and what happened was is that uh, you know I got I met every, it was the best thing ever because I met everybody in the business instantly. I was you know I went from zero to knowing everybody. I went down and visited the guys at Road and Track in, in, uh, in Newport Beach when I was down there. Car and driver bought part of it and ran the magazine, but they didn't offer me a job. The best job I got offered was Carcraft. I went to work at Carcraft on January 15th, 1990. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that was a different world back then. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. And, and writing for Carcraft as somebody who isn't an avowed car guy and you didn't want to turn wrenches, was that difficult? Nah. Uh, what I learned is, is that, uh, the best thing I can do is report. And that's the thing that's always been the best thing about the job is, is that if it, it, it is, if you do it right, it really is journalism and it really yeah. is going out and writing about what you see. And if you're, if you're not a complete tool, who's just trying to scam parts, which I don't know if you know this, but that sometimes is known to happen <laughs> is that, uh, you know, one time I built a project car, I managed to lose $15,000 on it is, is that, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you can in fact do the job well. And, uh, and I learned a lot at Carcraft. I learned a lot of things. I mean, Peterson Publishing back then, which was, you know, Motor Trend, Hot Rod, yeah. all the magazines back then, was just an absolute viper pit, And uh, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of things. is. That, and it was a place of, you know, where they would explain to you, oh, welcome aboard. And then they'd say, now, what you're here to do is make money. And then they tell you to go make money. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, so, you know, but it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, it was first and foremost, a place for money enthusiasts and car enthusiasts. Second. Wow. So that kind of covers it was the job, what you thought it would be. Uh, and what, what were the best and worst parts about landing that job? And the best sounds- part, the best part was, uh, the best part was, uh, just finding how little but work I had to do at the beginning. The worst part was, <laughs> The, the worst part was, was I was walking with I'm walking with the editor my editor, and we're walking to, down in Sunset Boulevard in LA, which is where it was, and you're walking along and it's going like I just want you to know what car craft isn't about. Okay, it's not about new cars. I said, damn, I like new cars. That just sucks because it's not about trucks. He goes, oh, I like trucks. I hate that. And he goes, and and he goes, and it's not about foreign cars. And then we got to the gas station where he picked up where his uh, brand new Mitsubishi pickup truck was being serviced. And I realized that, that, that the, uh, that the world was not going to be fair to me on that type of thing. And I started, and uh, I started working on how to get out of there. I should say, wait a second. The one thing is the worst day is when they fired everybody on the staff, but me. Well, suddenly my work level went up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And of course there was a commensurate pay increase, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I think I went from 29, eight to 30. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! You know I, that's still yes. a modern work model. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, that's that 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 happens frequently. Welcome to the future. <laughs> um, if you're lucky, they might throw in a subway sandwich card with four or five punches already. Yeah, on. here's a twenty dollars. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Gift then, card. So, so it's like, oh, we're going to change your title. You're not going to be associated anymore. You're going to be feature editor. Isn't that great? Yeah. Who cares? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're interviewing these uh, these people who know so very very much about the vehicles, I'm asking for a friend. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah. you feel kind of like the dumbass of the crowd, perhaps the village idiot. Uh, how is it that you approach that? Do you have a certain list of questions, and you just pepper them with no, questions? It, it, or? I mean, look, when you read car magazines, you learn about cars. I, I'm not. I was a complete moron. What I found was is that you could really appreciate people for what they did well. 
I mean, if you want, if you, you you know, some of the most impressive people I ever met are guys are fabricators and engine builders and, you know, like Kenny yeah. Detweiler out here who builds land speed record engines. The guy yeah. will take a block of aluminum and turn it into a 1,200 horsepower engine. Uh, guys, uh, Chip Foos, who grew up, who, yeah. uh, who, Ch- Chip is from Santa Barbara, so who's at the other high school from where I was. And, you know, uh, Chip designed the paint on my Camaro, and uh, his his dad painted it. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, all these guys who just, you sit there and they, you know, You'll see him say like, well, what we'll do here is we'll just cut this here and we'll slam this here. And you learn a lot just by hanging around body shops and, and, and fabrication shops. And that gave me a real good grounding when I went into starting doing more new car stuff because, you know, I knew enough to know that how a car works. I know, I know how they're built. I mean, once you've taken apart a couple of Camaros, a couple of Caprices and a couple of other cars, you, you'll learn how, why things are done for a reason. So it's a good place to learn. Just, it was just stupid, but it was a good place to learn. <laughs> You've written for just about every subgenre in the automotive world. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, there probably aren't too many other people who can claim to have written for as many different publications as you have. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, which was your favorite? What's your least favorite? Uh, and what did you learn being thrown back and forth from all of these different magazines? Well, I'll tell you right now is you learn is that the talent doesn't get distributed uh, the way you expect it to. The two, some of the best editors I've had were Jim Cobb at the New York Times and David Freiberger at Hot Rod. Completely different guys. Yeah. Freiberger was also my editor. And, but at the same point in time, Freiberger will just lacerate you, just kill you, but he's a fantastic editor. Uh-huh. Jim Cobb is a guy who goes through line by line by line and makes sure everything is right before he publishes it. Mm-hmm. Completely different types. Great guys. And, you, and there's, it has nothing to do with the, with the content of the, of, the, of the subject or anything else or the prestige of the outlet. That has nothing to do with what the quality of what you're going to get to do. And then, um, you know, uh, and the, the place I always wanted to work more than anything else was Car and Driver. And I spent 21 years working there almost exclusively. Wow. I still write for them on occasion because they're, you know, stable mates with Road and Track. And, uh, you know, Car and Driver let me do things that I never thought I'd get to do. I wrote one, I wrote one story in the form of a Greek epic poem. I wrote a fictional, <laughs> I wrote, uh, I wrote one story as a, I wrote one story as a, as a fiction about a guy who wanted to power cars with apricots. So, you know, Car and Driver let me do that. And, uh, that's Eddie Alterman and Dan Pond and those guys were great. And, you know, they let me get away with a lot of crap and I appreciate that. About what era were you there? I started working for a car and driver in 1999 and I left 20 years later and I did two, no 21. Uh, 20, the last time I wrote, wrote for him was, well, I was still writing for him. So, but though, but I was a freelance writer and I was there until 2021 as kind of a captive freelancer. I was by far the most, uh, the busiest freelancer and the only one who was given things like comparison tests to write. Dude, that's super cool. What's, what was your least favorite part of doing all that? Or what is your still least favorite part? being edited by idiots. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you sit there, you sit there and you, you're, you come up with a phrase or something else like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that reference. I'm not going to make that. I mean, I'll give you an idea that uh, this is one that recently happened. I was like, uh, I, was, I wrote a thing about, uh, I got to drive uh, Parnelli Jones's big Ole Bronco, which is, you know, one of the I'm great fam- icons. I'm familiar with it. All right. Everybody's familiar with it. It's one of the great icons in the history of uh, and things. And, and I said that the, I said, you know, I wrote a, I wrote a thing. I said, the uh, uh, the engine is much NASCAR as it is Trino Squire, mm-hmm. and I'm going like, that's 
that's fine. Leave right there. And then I go, I'm not going to mention the fact that the Torino Squire is a station wagon because that's too much information. That ruins the joke. It ruins the flow. Yeah. Somebody added the word station wagon in the editing process. Uh, and I love everybody who I work with. But damn it, that pissed me off. And that still pisses me off. And it's still the sort of thing that drives me up the wall. Because I, I take my writing very seriously. No, yeah. no you, you write something brilliant. You know it's beautiful. It flows perfectly. And then somebody puts their foot through a Picasso. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, the thing is, is it's a real bird for me because every one of my things is such a jewel. <laughs> you are a writer. And, and that's what we love about you, John. You give great humble. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough being humble, but only I would know what it's like to be this humble. <laughs> All right, smart Alec. What's the difference between writing and racing? Well, you know, racing is great fun to write about. I've, you know, I've, I've written for one of the first places I wrote was Stock Car Racing Magazine, and I wrote for Circle Track for a long time. And uh, uh, I and I wrote a car craft covered drag racing like mad, and uh, you know I've always enjoyed uh, racing. The, the big trick about racing is trying to find a way to get into the garages, and interview somebody and not just talk about their sponsors. Yeah, that's yeah. all you want to do is subvert it. And I remember one of the times when I was in. Um, uh, oh, jeez, I hate it when somebody's brain goes out. Prison. Um, the word is prison, John. <laughs> <laughs> And Shawshank. <laughs> Shawshank. No, yeah, it would have been like, West Coast. Come on. I was, I, was, I was at the Winter Nationals, and I was sitting with, uh, with what's his name from Santa Maria? God dang. And his brother was the uh, – anyhow, I'm sitting there, and he's explaining to me how clutch packs work in top fuel cars. And I'm sitting in the in – the, in the, this is one of the great cruise uh, sheets in the history of, of top fuel. He's listed Santa Maria, and his brother died. And I'm going to remember his name right after we get done with this broadcast. And uh, and uh, you that's know, okay. That's we'll dub it back in with somebody else's voice. <laughs> yeah, please do. And uh, and you know the thing is is that you end up with you, know, you end up going like God, this is awesome. I'm sitting here learning about how top fuel mechanical clutches work in just in getting the, to make the car run. You know, a mechanical clutch in a top fuel car is essentially a mechanical computer that engages the power gradually progressively with a bunch of fingers and everything it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to know and you're sitting there going like that's something that a lot of other journalists wouldn't even ask and i was very proud to be able to do that for hot rod that's yeah. a hot rod story my understanding is they're not completely engaged until almost the end of the strip sometimes they're not engaged at all i mean you know the entire thing is, is that you the, the the entire thing about a top fuel car is that it's really way too much power way too much power and all it is is you have a, a clutch and the tires are doing all the work. Yeah. And and it's because uh, the gearing changes because the tires grow and shrink. They and uh, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to learn. You know, it's the same thing for drunk guys in Vegas. They're and, not well, engaged until they get to the end of the strip. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that's a really I mean, long I can way. make so many jokes there that would get me in so much trouble. <laughs> no, it's open here, dude. I'm the yeah. world's worst color commentator, no, 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 but there's no, no, a lot of no, it. No, no. You really I'm went a long way out of your way for that. Pulling back, pulling back. <laughs> John, you're with Road and Track right now, correct? Yeah, now I am. Yeah. Um, My first first staff job in one, one big question. Do they make you pay for a subscription? <laughs> you, know, you know, this is a good question. This is, this is, fact, this is a fact. This is true. Is that I, I literally have been asking for them to let me have a subscription since the day I started there last year. 
and they have not gotten me one yet. So I have the only time I get them is like, oh yeah, they happen to I happen to see one and I pick it up. I think yeah, well, you notice like, there are three faces here not showing any shock over that story. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I, I, my subscriptions are on auto renewal. And, you know, like uh, so my car and driver just re- auto renewed for like twenty four bucks for a year, and you know car my driver? power mechanics auto renewed, and they're both. They're both Hearst publications. I get paid by Hearst, and they steal it back from me. <laughs> Could you get them to just take it out of your check before you get it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd be happy to. But that would, that would if I did that, I wouldn't have any money to pay my here's your bonus. Pay my mortgage that month. So, <laughs> all right, final question. It's the one that we all like best. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? The dumbest thing I've ever done in a car? Mm-hmm. I lost my virginity in a Toyota Corolla. That's not dumb. That's miraculous. One that it, it was a hatchback. It was that, a hatchback that you was owned being, a Toyota. Was it being driven at the he, same he had, time? He had the back now, open and their okay. feet hanging out. The fact okay. that you owned that and were actually able to lose your virginity is a miracle in itself. Well, the thing is, is that the thing that was really stupid about it was I did it while it was parked next to a highway patrol station. Hey, there you go. Wow, you are a daredevil. <laughs> what, yeah. Was it to one of the troopers? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what her future career was. <laughs> she could sell the hell out of Toyotas. It was actually it was an A eighty six, which is you know. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, which is a car I really appreciate, and uh, shows that I was pretty old when I lost. Was it a Tercel? I want to know if it, it no, had to be a Corolla. It was a Corolla A eighty six. Okay, la- last weird question so, like, on that one: front seat or back? Bit back. It's a hatchback. Oh, that's oh, right. Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I had a Geo Storm. No, we're not going to go. No, we're not. We're, we're all not. good. We're all good. <laughs> nope. Story <laughs> done. Nope. Well, I just want to say that I just want to say that I've been loyal to Toyotas ever since. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, long bed pickups only. You can find all the social media links for John on readthedriven.com. Mr. Huffman, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do. We really do love what we do. We have too much fun doing this, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. I put crap up on our Instagram this weekend. What? Yeah, no on kidding. On purpose? I, yeah, it, completely cow. intentionally. Uh, you can find us everywhere and listen anywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt yep. and Mark Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.